0: Good to see you in the house of God this morning. The 5th Sunday of January, the 87th day of January. Uh, Pastor friend uh, texted me earlier this week and uh, he said, uh, I th- how is the 72nd day of uh, January going? And I said, I thought it was the 87th day. So uh, anyway, it's been a long month uh, and I think every day this week they're calling for rain. So uh, get out the rain boots, get out the rain jacket and uh, that's a sign of God's blessing we're excited and uh we are i'm looking forward to uh this year all that god has in store for us and uh Lord willing, we are going to be wrapping up the book of Mark right around Easter this year, which begin, ends with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, some of you are thinking, or are you ever end the book of Mark. Uh, some, Taylor said to, on our staff retreat this week, she said, uh, You've been in Mark the entire time. I said, No, we did Christmas series, we've done other series in the middle, but it has taken a while. But the beautiful thing is, when you go through verse by verse through a book of scripture, It's not cherry-picking what you want to preach on and say, you know what, I think I'm going to hit on that particular thing because so-and-so needs that, or this person over here, or that person back in the back. No, it's, it's awesome just to see how God's Word speaks to every single thing that... We as a people, as his people, deal with and things that we need to hear from God on the matter, and uh, so it's not me uh, handpicking picking otherwise I would probably, uh, you know, uh, probably pick on some of you. I'm totally playing, but uh, we, we'd love to, we'd love to handpick what we'd like God to speak on and how we want God to speak in our lives. And so, folks, His word never returns void, and I'm thankful that as we preach the word of God, it transforms our lives. And uh, what an awesome crowd! If you're if you're here. Here in person today for the very first time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being our guest. Maybe it's the first time in a long time. Thank you for being our guest. If you're tuning in online, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, we are looking forward to experiencing all that God has for us. The Bible has a lot to say about prayer. Jesus and his disciples, when he was ministering, they were constantly asking him questions. Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, door teach us to perform miracles they said lord teach us how to pray teach us how we should commune with god how we can talk with god and and listen to god and, and and so this morning we're looking at that prescription that includes prayer and forgiveness this morning maybe you came and there's you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and coming back down and or you feel like you're praying but god's not listening or god's not answering those prayers and let me encourage you this morning, I believe that God's word speaks to these matters, and he really encourages us on how to get our prayers answered, and Mark chapter 11, we've been following the activity of Jesus leading up to the crucifixion and an empty tomb, and in this this latest passage, Jesus spoke uh, last week about mountain-moving faith and what that's like to speak to the mountain, and, and uh, our staff, we were all laughing this week, I, I said, you know what? Uh, Monday morning, I started thinking, there's a song about that that we actually already know and sing called Speak to the Mountain, and, uh, you know, your pastor just forgot and didn't think about that, and uh, Matt got those notes, and, you know, between the two of us, uh, it just didn't happen, but folks, uh, I love how God speaks through the word, speaks through music to prepare our hearts, so look at uh, Mark chapter 11, we're going to join in in verse 24, it says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask. In prayer, believe. Church, listen to that word because I think so often we, we read through the scripture and if we're not careful, it becomes so familiar, certain passages and, and we begin to just kind of read over it and we, we miss the message. He says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe. Believe that you've received it and it will be what, church? Yours. Do we pray that way? Do we have that faith in our prayers? And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. We're we're looking at what's happening as Jesus is ministering there in the the city of Jerusalem. He said, by what authority are you doing these things? Or what what gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? And Answer me, and, and they discussed it one with another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, why, did you, why then did you not believe him? But shall we say for man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. We're going to see Jesus. will go back in, in, in chapter 12, our next week. He will explain by what authority he is speaking and, and, and preaching, but that's the next message. But today we're going to look about the, learn about powerful praying and, and how forgiveness plays a, a key role in our prayers being answered. Let's open the word Lord of prayer, open the service, and let's dig into the word of God this morning in Mark chapter 11. Heavenly Father, would you speak to our hearts today? God, I pray that whatever distractions are around us, God, whatever... Uh, problems we may be facing this week god but we would come and we would believe god that you not only can but that you will hear and you will answer our prayer god would you do a mighty work in our hearts this morning Lord? those that may maybe here that are tuning in online that do not have a personal relationship with you god may today be that moment of decision that they bow their knee and confess you as lord and savior lord there may be some of us that are, are, are holding an unforgiving spirit towards someone who's hurt us, maybe, or, or towards a, a group of people that have maybe hurt us. Maybe it's somewhere in our past. Maybe it's a church hurt. Maybe it's a relational hurt. Maybe it's something from our job, or we got overlooked for, uh, for a, a promotion, or maybe it's a, a physical ailment that we're facing right now, and we're, we're, we're angry with God, and we're struggling with how could God allow this to happen to us, God, help us to, as we dig into your word, would you change our hearts? Lord, give us a a fresh perspective. Would you frame it with your word? And God, would we allow your Holy Spirit to transform our lives? With all that, we'll give you the honor and praise and glory for what you're going to accomplish in your precious name we pray. Amen. Jesus actually does answer. He tells us how to get our prayers answered. He gives us instructional how to pray and, and, and how to commune with God. My parents, uh, would, they taught me how to pray as a young child. And, you know, when you're three and four and five, it, you know, now I'll lay me down to sleep. It's okay, all right, parents? You don't have to beat yourself up over that. Uh, God is great. God is good. Let us take him for our food. Uh, That, that's a, a, that's a great way to, you know, now, Lord, we thank you, Lord, we thank you for this food, for this food, and the many blessings, and the many blessings. Oh, man, anybody feel like they're in preschool again? All right, it's okay to do that when your kids are three, four, and five, but when they get to be, you know, 10, 12, and 14, you start to want to actually put some meat on those bones and, and teach them how to pray in faith and believe that God not only hears, but that he answers prayer. And so teaching our kids how to pray, and I remember as a small child, we would we would have a family devotion time, and we would have a prayer time, and we would talk to God, and over and over, learning how to trust God, how to articulate our prayers to a God that cares about a, a 14-year-old boy where he's at, that cares about a 16-year-old young lady, or an 18-year-old who's about to graduate from high school and launch out into this world, and and somehow they're terrified, they're scared, they're, they're worried. Does God have a plan? Does he have a purpose? Is how do I understand his will? How do I define what it is he wants? How do I find who he wants me to marry? Or, or am I going to have children? Or or going to have a career? Or what the future is going to look like in my life? All these things are teaching us how to commune with God. And I remember my parents praying with that. It's something I've tried to do with my own kids as they're growing up. And teach them... Hey, how to pray specifically when you have needs, when you're struggling, when you're facing problems, or when, you know when things are tight financially? You can pray and you can trust in God that He hears and answers our prayers. The older you get, the more detailed your prayers ought to be. And in fact, if you've been saved for 20 years, you can probably uh, drop the now. I'll lay me down to sleep. I mean, uh, you can probably drop the God is great, God is good, and not that He's not, but you can start to talk to Him and. And the, the cool thing is God's not impressed with our phraseology. He's not impressed. I, and I've mentioned you, i mentioned before, sometimes I remember uh, hearing people years ago that raised their hands up, and boy, they would just be waxing eloquent. And I thought to myself, man, I mean, when I get to be 80 years old, I want to be able to do that too and raise my hand and, and, and be all big shot prayer boy. But at the end of the day, God's not impressed by that. He wants us to talk to him, have a conversation. It can be driving down the road with your eyes wide open and praying and say, talking to God and, and communing with him. And I, I remember in college having an hour drive to the church I served at. And, and as I was driving to church, I would spend that hour on the way to church in prayer. I'm not saying that to make me look good, it was just amazing, though, how that time would pass. And by the time I'd get to church, instead of being exhausted from an hour commute, I was ready to worship Jesus because I just spent the last hour in prayer with God. Folks, it's amazing. So in this passage, we're going to learn about three principles about a powerful prayer. When you pray in faith, it releases God's what, church? When you pray in faith, it releases what, church? God's power. And folks, what it does is Jesus, in verse 24, he says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. The thing about faith is that you must believe God before you see the answer to prayer. In other words, as you're praying, when you ask God for something, you ought to begin and act like he's already answered that prayer as we prayed in faith. God's already answered. In fact, if you're praying for rain, you better carry your umbrella. Well, this week you probably should carry it anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you look at your, the weather app, uh, if you're praying for rain, you ought to pray in faith and believe that God is going to answer it. Bring your umbrella. He you said, well, Pastor, uh, the Weather Channel says it's going to be uh, uh, sunny all week. Well, the Weather Channel's not God. Weather Channel doesn't know anything. I just talked last week about the, the, the church in, in Romania and how God held off the rains as they built a church building in one week and as they step inside the building to dedicate it the rains came down and descended down they prayed that god would hold back that's like something moses does that's like something david or elijah does but folks that's what he's saying pray in faith believing that god will answer you might be thinking well i prayed for something and it didn't happen god didn't answer my prayer so how can i have faith Folks, I can, uh, I can assure you on the authority of God's word this morning, God always answers prayer. He always answers prayer. And so how, how can I have faith? Because God answers prayer. Sometimes he says yes. And folks, I've seen God answer prayer sometimes, so almost so immediately. Uh, a few years ago, I was doing the, a wedding ceremony for one of the, the teens of my youth group, and it was an outdoor wedding. I mean, that's just like a 50-50 shot, you know? I mean, you, yeah, it, it was in the fall, and the, the beautiful fall leaves were just picture perfect. I mean, you could have ordered a, a more beautiful colors in the sky, and it, it was so beautiful. The white chairs sat on the lawn, and it was just a perfect setting, and all of a sudden, it started raining. What do you do? I mean... I remember the, the, the groom's mom came to me and said, Pastor David, uh, we have a problem. It's raining outside. And she's like, we need to stop and we need to pray. And I remember all of us gathering in the kitchen of that home. And we began to just hold hands and pray for God to hold off the rain shows. There was no plan B. There was no other place to go. It was an outdoor wedding church. And so we began to pray. And all of a sudden, the clouds parted, and I'm not joking. As sure as I'm standing here, the the sun came out. The groomsmen finally had a job, other than just seating people. They were taking towels, drying off all the seats. And just before the guests arrived and they were seated, it was an absolutely gorgeous wedding. Folks, that's how God answers prayer. Praying in faith, believing. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes God protects us. From ourselves, sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we're praying, God, would you bless my plan instead of God, would you show me your plan, your direction? Sometimes the answer is wait. Sometimes he's saying, you're not ready for the blessings I'm getting ready to unload on you. So I want you to wait just a moment. Sometimes God says, it's going to be a little bit longer. You're going to have to wait just a little bit longer. Sometimes gives us something different or even better that we could possibly answer for for, But God always answers prayer. You must believe it without a doubt. God hears your prayer. The book of James was written by the half-brother of Jesus. He gives his admonition about praying in faith. He says, James says in James 1, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives how, church, generously. Another translation says, liberally, to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the sand. What's he said by the wind? He says what a, all the time we think about how God answers prayer. He says, Pray in faith, believing. Many of you've heard about George Mueller from Bristol, England. And years ago George Mueller was on a steamship coming to England from England to America to preach in New York City and the ship was immobilized for between two and three days because of a thick clouds and fog that had set in, and the shi- the captain of the ship was a Christian, and he knew Mr. Mu- Mr. Mueller, uh, and, and so George went to the bridge of the ship one morning. He says, Captain, he says, I've got to get to New York City. I'm going to be late to the speaking engagement. The captain said, Mr. Mueller, I understand your desire to be there. He says, but. He says we can't move we can't go forward in this fog he says we might collide with another ship we might collide on the rocks we have to wait here until the fog is lifted they had had fog for two to three days so george Mueller said to the captain captain would you come down below deck would you join me in praying for god to lift the fog so that we can go forward and i can make my meeting and would you go below deck and pray with God with me for that he would remove the fog? He could tell that he was amused by the expression on, on, on the captain's face, but nonetheless, he was a Christian, and he says, hey, I'll, I'll go down there. And so uh, he goes down below deck, and the captain said, sure, Mr. Mueller, I'll pray with you. They went below deck, and George got on his knees, and he began to pray a prayer, something like this, God, I want to thank you that, that, that you want me to speak in New York City, and I ask you to remove this fog from this ship so we can proceed forward. Thank you, God, that you've already done this. In Jesus' name, amen. The captain began to pray. George stopped him and says, hold on. No, captain, don't don't pray. He says, "Just, just wait a second. He says, why not? Mueller said for two reasons. Number one, you don't really believe that God will remove the fog. And number two, I believe God has already removed the fog. The two of them got off their knees and they went back up to the, the deck where the captain would steer the ship. And the fog didn't coincidentally, it didn't just disappear. God made it completely gone. He said that the sun was shining and momentarily the ship was sailing. He believed that God could and did answer prayer. That's what prayer and faith looks like. Church. That's what praying in faith and believing God to do something and expecting Him to answer our prayers. But secondly, when you pray with forgiveness, you begin to receive God's mercy. In verse twenty-five, Jesus says, "Whenever you stand, pray. Pray." He says, "Forgive." In other words, He says, "I'm trusting God." But He says, "He says, forgive if you've anything against anyone." So that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. This is an often misunderstood principle because sometimes people can think, Hey, well, I've got to forgive in order to uh, initiate the forgiveness of God. I've got to forgive. We must forgive in uh, in order to earn God's forgiveness. But that's really putting the cart before the horse. A person who's been truly forgiven by God will have a spirit of forgiveness toward others think about it if you refuse to forgive someone it simply reveals that you've not fully understood and received god's grace in forgiving you as god for christ's sake hath forgiven us forgiveness doesn't always come easy by nature we are creatures of revenge We want to extract an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But folks, that's not how God intended for the Christian life to to function. He says, Jesus came and taught us we're to love our enemies. We're to forgive those who have wronged us or trespassed against us. For many years, Dr. William Willimon was the chaplain of Duke University. and He was speaking on the, the subject of forgiveness and He says the human animal is not supposed to be good at forgiveness. He said forgiveness is not some innate natural human emotion. In fact, he says vengeance, retribution, and violence, uh, these are natural human qualities. He says it's natural for the human animal to snarl and crouch in a defensive position when attacked. To howl when wrong, to bite back when bitten. He says forgiveness is not natural let me tell you what forgiveness is and then what forgiveness is forgiveness is not absolving legal consequences someone's committed a crime against you eventually they will be dealt with but forgiveness does not absolve legal consequences on the evening of june 17 2015 a self-proclaimed white supremacist named dylan ruth walked into a bible study and prayer meeting at Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston. He was welcomed into the circle of prayer and sat for the next hour and listened as the word of God was taught. At the end of the hour, he pulled out a gun and shot nine people to their death, including the pastor. Ruth later confessed he was trying to start a race war. But when he appeared before judge for a bail hearing... The relatives of the victims had a chance to confront him in court. They refused to give in to hate. Instead, one by one, they told him, I forgive you. May God have mercy on your soul. Over the next few days, the, the chatter online was full of critics who said these relatives were too quick to forgive. And the shooter doesn't deserve forgiveness. He deserved justice. But folks, that's what grace looks like. That's what the grace of God looks like, is extending forgiveness, even when people don't deserve it. It's extending forgiveness. The people who criticized these grieving rel- uh, relatives didn't understand biblical forgiveness. They wanted Dylan Roof to, they didn't want him to go unpunished. But what they realized was it wasn't their job to do the punishing. That's the job of the government. That's the job of the government to punish uh, criminals, not individuals. But folks, the Bible says in Romans 13 that the civil authorities bear the power of the sword. So it's possible to forgive someone personally and still allow the justice system to work itself out in and, and the course of how that's supposed to go. But see, forgiveness is also not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You probably heard the expression, Forgive and forget. Sometimes it's not that easy. The wounds are so deep. And they hurt and they, they cut to the core of, of everything about us. And sometimes go, I'll forgive, but I'm not going to forget. What they're really saying is, I'm going to say you're forgiving, but I'll actively remember it every time I think of your name. That's not real forgiveness. It's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is an active choice. Forgetting is a passive process in which the matter fades from our memory with the passing of time. We all forget things like names and telephone numbers. I mean, where would we be today without a a, a cell phone? Because I don't know any of your numbers. I mean, A few years ago, I was like Rain Man. I could quote everybody's number and the entire church. In fact, we were quoting something the other day. talking about something, and I was like, it was a phone number. It was 919-772. Anybody else remember these prefixes? 779. I mean, if you lived in this particular area, everybody had a 919-772 or 919-779. I mean, I could quote numbers from like 35, 40 years ago. I mean, it's still up here somewhere in all of this crazy uh, ADHD brain of mine but it folks what happens is forgetting is a whole different process I guarantee you, we go around the room and there are guys that can tell you who won Super Bowl number 10 you know they can go back and pull up the data but if you ask them what their anniversary is now that's a different story you know and I've always tell our ladies Help us out. I mean, we don't do subtle. We don't remember dates very well. I mean, you know, there's only half of that brain up there, even in gear, at any one given time. And so if we miss the anniversary, I mean, I mean, don't let, it th- don't let that happen. I mean, send us little reminders, and we don't do subtle. I mean, just tell us what you want, how you want things to go, and, and we'll do our best to make that happen. I'm um, just being honest. That's how it works. But Forgetting is a process. The older we get it's 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 easier to forget things sometimes, but the sad thing is was if people af- offended us, somehow we could remember a person in elementary school and you ever go to a you might have to go to a class reunion <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd like to trip her today I mean knock her flat on her face you know she was mean as a snake and you're like. That was like 37 and a half years ago. I mean, get over it. I mean, get over yourselves. But somehow, you know, he beat me on the basketball court and took my starting position. Well, you know what? I mean, look at him now. I mean, he's like 120 pounds overweight. So who cares? I mean, God is the God of, <laughs> he judges. I'm, I'm just playing. But you, you, sometimes we, we try to reckon our mind, it goes to our mind, like, I want to get even. I want to settle the score. She took my boyfriend or he took my girlfriend. And if I could just... Forgiveness means that you don't go actively digging into your memory and dredging up their act whenever you see a person. I watched my dad do a funeral of a man who was very, very evil. Evil. And said a lot of mean things about him in the earlier period of his life. And dad was called on to preach a funeral. And he said, when I stood before that family and before that church, there was not one ounce of animosity. Wanting to get even. Because I forgave him. That's what forgiveness looks like. But forgiveness is releasing someone from your desire for revenge. Now, track with me here. Our desire is to hurt those who've hurt us. The Bible word forgive is a theme, and it it means to send away, to release. It's a picture of you holding a person by the throat when you have a reason and means to punish them for what they've done to you. But instead of choking them... You release them and you set them free maybe you're saying how do you release someone who's hurt you you forgive them you don't take it you don't do it for their sake you do it for your own sake you don't forgive them because they necessarily ask you forgive them because you do it because God has forgiven you they may not even ever ask for forgiveness but you can forgive them anyway. Warren Wiersbe said this. He says, the world's darkest prison is the prison of an unforgiving heart. He says, some of the most miserable people I've met are those who would not forgive others. He says, they dream about punishing the one who wronged them. And they don't realize that they are the only, they're only punishing themselves. What happens is when we refuse to forgive, we put ourselves in prison. They may go through life, the person who's offended us, and they may move right on with their life and never have a clue the prison that they had kept us entrenched in. Folks, it's something that punishes us if we won't forgive and forget. Corey Tim Boone was imprisoned by the Nazis during World War II, but during a time when her family provided a hiding place for the Jews. ...when they were being arrested. So she and her sister Betsy were sent to Ravensbrück... ...which was a horrible concentration camp... ...where people were tortured, raped... ...and death occurred on a regular basis. Her sister Betsy died in the prison camp... ...but Corey miraculously survived. She became an effective Christian author and speaker... ...and in 1947 she was asked to speak in Munich, Germany. That evening she spoke on the topic of forgiveness... How God buries our sins in the depths of the sea. After her talk, she was approached by a man who looked familiar to her. With horror, she recognized him as one of the cruelest guards in the concentration camp that she had lived. She remembered the shame of walking naked in front of this very man. Suddenly, all of the fear and hatred returned in a flash. He came up to her, he said, in your talk you mentioned Ravensbrook. I was a guard there. He said, but since that time I've become a Christian, and I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things that I did there, but I would like to hear it from you as well. That man extended his hand out. Corey and said, Will you forgive me? Here's how she describes that encounter in her own words. She said, I could not, it could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed like hours. As I wrestled, I, everything was going through my mind. I wrestled the most difficult thing I'd ever had to do. She said, I stood there with the coldness of clutching my heart, for forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperament of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. God, you supply the feeling. And so woodenly and mechanically, I thrust my hand out to the one stretched out to me, and as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder. It raced down my arm and sprang into our joint hands. She said, then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. When she said, I forgive you, brother. I cried with all my heart. She said, for a long moment we grasp each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did that night. See, when you pray in Jesus' name, it reveals God's authority. When you extend forgiveness, that is only through the grace of God that you can say, I forgive you. I release you. I'm setting you free. But folks, what it does is it sets us free from the bondage of, of, of that the hatred, of that unforgiving spirit. When we pray, it's important that we understand we have no authority of our own. Our authority comes when we pray in the name of Jesus. In fact, Jesus said it in John 14. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You see, there's two things about spiritual authority. Here in, in, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus ministered in God's authority. In fact, he said in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. The Jewish religious leaders were were, were stuck at this question, the source of Jesus' authority. And he'll address it here in chapter 12. But what he says in verse 28, he says, by what authority are you doing these things? They're still talking about when Jesus ran the the crooks and the robbers out of the temple, uh, just a few verses earlier, out of the temple courts. Jesus knew it was a trick question, so he answered their question with the even trickier question about John the Baptist. Over the next few days, he would engage the verbal duel of these religious leaders, and he wins every single time. They cannot refute his wisdom because he was God in the flesh. You see, we see Jesus has given us Authority to approach God. We can, athro- we can athro- approach the throne of God with confidence, knowing that God hears and answers prayer. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed uh, from the, through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. He said, it's, Let us hold fast our confession. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God. What's he saying? That we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praying in Jesus' name does not mean that we just pray a bunch of words and we wrap it up with a little bow at the end that says, in Jesus' name we pray. (laughs) Amen. All of God's people said, amen. I mean, what happens is sometimes we we do that and we, we forget that all authority has been given Through the Son of God, we don't have to go to a priest. Jesus is our great high priest. He advocates before the Father. He offers prayers on behalf of his children. And when we pray in faith with confidence and authority that Jesus has given us, he says we have no authority to approach the throne of God except for what Jesus has given us through his death, his burial, and resurrection. Jesus has gone before us. And told the father, David is my son. He's my child. Josh is my my son and I died for him. So when he goes before the throne of God, you can have boldness in approaching the throne of God. Knowing that Jesus has already paid for my sin debt and he's made me righteous before the father. Say, Pastor, what's the application? Praying in faith is vital for our growth and our ability to boldly approach the throne of God. Praying in faith is the confidence that I believe God is bigger than the the clouds that have set in over George Mueller's ship in the middle of the the Atlantic Ocean. I believe that God is bigger than this health cloud, the, the darkness that's, hanging over my life right now. I believe that God is bigger than this financial struggle or this family relational problem I'm facing right now. I believe that God is able to hear and answer prayer. Once we have seen God answer prayer over time, it gives us even more confidence. (sighs) I've seen God do it before. I promise you, I know there's not a doubt in my mind God hears and answers prayer. Many of you know Fred and Flo Stoll, who were missionaries that traveled with a tent ministry, and our, our church has supported them for many, many years. They've traveled to cities all over the U.S., setting up tents for special revival meetings and church meetings, and the testimonies that Fred and Flo Stoll have given over the years of how God provided. In supernatural ways church there is no way to describe they truly knew what it like was like to live by faith I can't tell you the number of times I I saw them on on the road and they'd be in town and pastor were coming through and Dan Matthews you know you've heard you've seen God answer prayers Someone would find out about a need that they had, and they were praying for God to provide new tires for their truck and trailer, and someone would step right up to the plate and say, God was speaking to my heart, and He told me to give you a check for $2,000. It's exactly the amount that the shop told them they needed for the tires for their new truck." over and over and over and you'd ask Miss Flo to pray for something with you boy she would stop right there I mean mid-sentence she would just straight into prayer like talking directly to God and I'm telling you there's times as a pastor I was convicted like man I hadn't prayed with that much boldness and I was the one that came to her and asked to pray and we were at a conference one year, and we were at, in Jacksonville, Florida, at a pastors' conference. And Fred and Flo were staying at the same hotel that we were. We all checked in our rooms, got all ready, and we're getting ready to go to dinner. And I mean, everybody's thinking about you know we're going to have steak tonight, or chicken, or or uh, Mexican. I mean, you're just you're all going through your mind like, we're, we're, How how much time do we have? We got to get to the service tonight. We come back down to that hotel lobby and. Miss Flo had never left the hotel lobby, because she had been leading the clerk to faith in Christ. Same one that probably 500 other pastors and their staff had checked into the same hotel, but she believed that lady needed to hear about Jesus Christ. That's what praying and faith believing and expecting God to answer. You see, when we approach God the Father, the Word of God says we have an advocate, the Lord Jesus, who says, Father, I told him or her that they could ask anything in my name and you'd give it to them. And that's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. When you do that, you understand God's prescription for powerful prayer. There's nothing that's too difficult. There's nothing that's too hard. So when you do need to extend forgiveness, who is it that you need to forgive this morning? Who do you need to forgive so that you can once again be set free from the bondage of that hurt? Who is it that you need to say, I know it was 37 years ago in middle school, you go who is it a spouse a child a parent a neighbor a former friend who do we need to let go and release and forgive so that we can once again get our prayers answered. Can I encourage you this morning, release that person so that you can be set free. God will hear your prayers. We must learn how to pray with forgiveness because Christ has forgiven us. In church, it goes hand in hand with getting our own prayers answered. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts this morning?